Welcome to Coffee and Conversations with Lakeisha. We're glad you've joined us today. Get ready for some kingdom conversation. Now here's your host, Lakeisha M. Johnson. For you again, Lord. We just say thank you, my God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Not by my, not by my power, but in your strength, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Father God. Mm. Thank you. Mm. I love this song. Um, We have been problems going live on the website, so I'm not going to let that deter me this morning. Some things I cannot see, like some things I cannot see until I'm on my knees, until I'm in the proper posture, right? Until I'm in the proper posture before God. And sometimes it's so easy for us to be um, so used to standing strong, come on Holy Spirit, and standing tall and standing in a certain position that that's how we think we receive God. But this song by William McDowell says to us, um, really it tells you what I need is on my knees, it's on my face before God, it's in a certain place of humility, right? It's in a certain position with God. And he's saying here, some things I cannot see until I bow down. Until I bow down, until I humble myself, right? And sometimes we'll pray and we'll be like, Lord, I want you to humble me. But you don't want God to humble you. You want to humble yourselves. That's what the scripture says. It says, humble myself under or humble yourself under the mighty hand of God. And when I humble myself, when I, when I, when I bow down on my knees, when I come to him, as David said, broken and contrite, when I come to him broken and contrite, when I come to him in a position, in a place in which I simply say, I'm not in my own strength. I'm not in my own power. I'm not in absolutely any of that. Like when I come to him, when I bow down on my knees, when I position him myself before him, as a matter of fact, I probably don't even have so much to say in this place of humility. Because Lord, I'm really trying to find out who I am in you. I'm really trying to find my strength in you. I'm really trying to figure out like who and what you said about me. Like I'm really trying to identify, but I'm also here to worship you, right? That's a different posture. And so when I bow down, when I get down on my knees, when I get down on my face before God, when I stand in a position and a place of humility, God is going to begin to tweak some things in us. God is going to begin to show us some things. My God, and it's in such a state of place in which I'm simply saying, Lord, I don't know more than you know. I'm I'm not going to come into your gates and your temple and your presence with all my preconceived thoughts and notions. I'm not going to do that. What I'm going to do, Lord God, is I'm going to bow myself before you. 
I'm going to bow. I'm going to bow myself before you. I'm going to submit to your authority. I'm going to surrender myself before you this morning, Lord God. I'm not going to exalt myself before you. I'm not going to, I'm going to humble myself and I'm going to get down on my face and I'm going to posture myself in the most lowly position. Can I give you just this little bit before we pray? I'm going to posture myself and, and not in a fake sense. I'm going to posture myself in a lowly position, right? I'm going to posture myself in a, a lowly position because Matthew 5 and 5 says, God blesses those who are humble for they will inherit the whole earth. It didn't say they will inherit the heaven. It said they will inherit the whole earth. So perhaps I'm not walking in my inheritance in the fullness of my inheritance because I'm not humble enough (laughs) because I'm not humble enough because I won't lower myself because I think it's pride. Like I think it's better to stand. I think it's better to position my authority. I think it's better for me to come to you and talk to you as if we're equals. And there is no way that I'm equal, equal with you, God, because you created me. You formed me. You foreknew me. I'm not your, I'm never, I'm not ever your equal. I'm not ever your equal. I'm made in your image. I'm like Christ, but I ain't ever your equal. I'm not ever, I'm not ever to be exalted. I'm never to be higher than you. I'm not ever to be bigger than you. I'm not ever to find myself in my own strength. I'm not ever. And so if I'm bowing down and I'm falling on my knee and my posture isn't just in my position, it's in my attitude. Like not my posture, my posture isn't, my posture isn't in just, uh, oh, I'm on my knees. Mm-mm. It's not just in my knees, right? It's not my, po- my posture isn't just in my, it's not just in my position. It's not just the fact that I'm on my knees. My posture is in my heart. Cause pride and haughtiness is actually found in the heart. Pride, that, that's where, that, that's my, that's where it is. Pride and haughtiness, haughtiness is found in the heart, right? It's found in the heart. I can be on my knees and still not be postured in the right position. My, my, my God, my God, like, like my God, this is so, this is so big, right? This is so big. Like this is so big just because I'm bowing down, just because I say I'm worshiping him, just because I'm, I'm looking the part doesn't really mean that the fruit of what's in my heart is humble, uh, humble enough, right? It's humble enough. I want to read this scripture to you. I want to look it up because I don't want to give you the wrong scripture. Oh, this is it. Philippians two and eight. And it says, I'm going to back it up to the seventh verse. Can I give you all that this morning? Cause I think the Lord is go down. <laughs> like go, go down, right? Go down, go down, go down, right? Go down, go down just a little bit. Come down some, <laughs> come down some, come down some, come like, come down some. And it says, um, you, you must have the same attitude that Christ Jesus had though. He was God. 
though he was God, he did not think of himself, think of equality with God as something to cling to. Instead, he gave up divine privileges. He took the humble position of a slave and was born as a human being. When he appeared in human form, he humbled himself. Can somebody say that? I got to humble myself, right? I got to humble myself. Like I got to, I got to humble myself just a little more. Like I got to humble myself. I, I still been exalting myself just a little bit. I still, can I show you ways we exalt yourself when we do things in our own strength? Because we were made in the image of our father and because our God foreknew us, but because the enemy has been fast on our trail to get out, get us outside of our true identity in Christ Jesus, pride and haughtiness and self-exaltation and all those things became a part of our character. And that's not even who we are. So we're waging war in our flesh against something that needs to be identified in our spirit. So he said, though he was God, he did not think of equality with God as something to cling to. He didn't have to boast that he was Jesus. He didn't have to walk around exalting himself as Jesus. He didn't have to center and talk about how he, he didn't, he didn't have to go boast in being Jesus, right? Even though he was Jesus, when he appeared in human form, he humbled himself in obedience to God and died a criminal's death on a cross. He went to the lowest form of himself. He went to the lowest form of himself so that he could fulfill his purpose. Y'all got to hear this. My God, so that he could fulfill his purpose, like his purpose here on earth. He went to the lowest form of himself. He appeared as a slave. He, he died on the cross as a criminal. And then it says, therefore God elevated him to the place of highest honor and gave him the name above all other names that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and earth and under the earth. And every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is dear Lord, my God, my God, my God. And then I love this because it says difference. You always followed my instructions when I'm with you. And now that I'm away, it is even more important. Work hard to show the results of your salvation, obeying God with deep reverence and fear for God is working in you, giving you the desire and the power to do what pleases him. Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people. Hold firmly to the word of life. Then on the day of Christ's return, I will be proud that I did not run the race in vain and that my work was not useless, but I will rejoice even if I lose my life pouring it out liquid offering to God, just like your faithful services and offering to God. And I want all you to share that joy. Yes, you should rejoice and I should share yours. My God. <laughs> Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. Come on, Lord. So there has to be another level of humbling myself. There has to be, can I, right? My, my, it has to be another level of humbling myself. There has to be another level of re revelation. So if my heart's posture, 
My heart's posture is supposed to be that equal of Christ where I sell myself out as a slave to God, my God, where I completely die to myself, where I am anchored nothing but in the truth and in the word of God, where I begin to see myself, my God, then I will no longer live in stolen identity. Let me give you something else to chew on this morning. And then we're just, we're going to pray. Haughtiness has been in the way too long. Haughtiness has been, haughtiness has been, haughtiness has been masking itself in self-worth. Right. And so many of us have been living in a stolen identity, right? Haughtiness has been masking itself in, (sighs) come on, Holy Spirit, push it on out. Haughtiness has been masking itself in dignity. And God is saying to us, no, you got to, you got to lower, lower yourself. Like you got to lower yourself. You got to, you got to, you got to, you got to come lower. You got to come even lower. You ain't low enough yet, baby. Like you ain't low. Like you ain't, you're not low. You're not low enough yet. You're not there yet. You haven't lowered yourself enough because you're still exalting yourself up. Even when I confess in my humility, oh, I'm a humble person. I just exalted myself right? I just exalted myself. Like I just exalted myself. Oh no, I walk in humility. Now this is what I love. He said, then Jesus said to my disciples, if any of you wants to be my follower, you must, and I'm reading out of the new living, new, new living translation of the Bible. It says in, and if any of you wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways, take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang on to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world, but lose your own soul? Is anything more worth more than your soul for the son of man will come with his angels in the glory of his father and will judge all people according to their deeds. Can we put the pen there? Can we put the pen right there? It says, according, it doesn't say he's going to judge me according to Teresa's deeds. It doesn't say he's going to judge me according to Kim's deeds. It doesn't say he's going to judge me according to Nisi's deeds. It doesn't say he's going to judge me according to my kids' deeds. It doesn't say he's going to judge me according to Day's deeds. It doesn't say he's going to judge me according to Jerrica's needs. It doesn't say he's going to judge me according to Latanya's needs. That is not what it says. It doesn't say he's going to judge me according to Karen's needs. It doesn't say he's going to judge me according to anybody else's deeds. It says even He's going to judge me according to my deeds until what I do. And we know another part of this scripture says by every word, I'm going to be acquitted and by every word, I'm going to become condemned. And I tell you the truth. Some standing here right now will not die before they see the son of man coming in his kingdom. What you have seen until the son of man has been raised from the dead. My God, my, my God. So I'm not going to be judged according to anybody else's deeds, which for me personally says that I have absolutely no time to spend on what nobody else is doing. Because if my posture, come on, Lord, is on my face 
If my posture is in a lower place of humility, then I don't have time to identify anything going on in you. I don't have time to figure out what's wrong with you. I don't have time to point fingers and blame blames. And the reason that I do not have time for that is because I am doing the work on myself because I'm trying to get, get myself together because when myself is together, right? When the light of God is shining upon my face, when my light is not hidden anymore, when my light is bright, when I am salty, when I am seizing, that's what's going to attract others to Christ. That's where I win the battle. That's the warfare. That's when others are going to be drawn to be like Christ when my character and when my integrity is intact. And so when my character and my integrity is intact and I am focused on my deeds and my acts and what I have going on in my own self, I ain't got time. If I'm do if I am doing the work on myself, if I am serving the way that God called me to serve, if I'm very clear on my call in life, then I ain't got time to see nothing nobody else is doing. And the reason that I not, I know that I can't see any, what anybody else is doing because if I am postured on my knees, on my face before God, and that's in my heart as well, when my face is down and I'm in and, and my focus is on him and my heart is towards him, I can't see nobody else. I can't I can't see I can't see I can't see I can't see anybody else. And today I started thinking like, Lord, we've been living like we've had our, we've been living in stolen identity because most of us the enemy, first of all, the enemy doesn't want you walking in your place on this earth. He doesn't want you walking into the full identity of who God calls you to be. And so most of us are attacked really early, right? But most of us have been walking in this stolen identity because we haven't spent enough time. We have, we haven't spent enough time with our posture and our hearts towards you. Because if my posture is here, my gosh, if my face is here, if I'm basking in your glory, if my affection and my love is set on you, if I am on my knees, if I have fallen down, if my heart is humbled before you, when my face is like this, I can't see y'all. I, I can't, I can't see. I can't when I'm here, when I'm before you, when I'm, when I'm before you. When I'm tuned in to you, when my eyes are open to you, I can't see y'all. I can't, I can't, I don't, I don't have, I don't have time. I don't have, I cannot, I cannot see you. I, I cannot, I cannot see you. I don't have time to see you because I'm, I'm in a position in which I'm, I'm in current and constant inspection of myself. Right. And so we've been studying our righteousness in Christ Jesus. My God. So Father God, give us eyes to see and ears to hear you. My God, and let us position ourselves in a place, Father God, where the Holy Spirit is burning up anything in us. My God, and when we run into conflict, we will not run. We will let you expose whatever it is in our heart that needs to be pulled out in Jesus' name, amen.
So let I just I, I, I just listen for just a second. I had a con like, I had a little conflict in a situation with somebody. It wasn't a falling out. It was just a conflict in a situation, and um, I was disappointed in myself and my response to the situation. But because I had been praying and asking God to show me myself, like in a depth, right? Show me myself conflict came or as we say t the test comes right but here's where I noted the change this is where I noted my encounter with God was different um, this is where I'm beginning to understand more of what the fear of the Lord looks like when I was dealing with the conflict when I was dealing with the situation when I poured my heart out before God um, my position and what I was feeling was grief and the grief that I was feeling was, did I do something that could potentially harm a child of yours? Was any part of that conversation, anything that could draw them closer to Christ? It wasn't, it wasn't about the circumstance. It wasn't about, it wasn't about me. It was about, did I just do absolutely anything, right? <laughs> Then you're fine. Did I do absolutely anything that could have harmed the kingdom? And I had not been there before. And my heart was grieved at the fact that I thought I could have did. I wasn't in there telling on that person. I wasn't telling. I wasn't like, Lord, you need to show them you. Da, 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 da. I wasn't in there telling. Like I was in a position in a place like my heart was great. Like it was wrenching. And I was like, at any point, did I just do something? that could draw them away from Christ. Like did, at any point did I just do something? I was like, God, what is like that? That's, that's the position he wants us in where we take the personal responsibility of who we're supposed to be in Christ Jesus. Where we take the personal, where we take our eyes, we're, I'm not saying we're not interceding. I'm not saying we are not, uh, we're not, I'm not saying absolutely any of that, but I'm saying this is the position God desires us to be in. And, and Pastor K, you're right. It comes with a level of maturity. So how do we get to this maturity? If we are supposed to be in the same mindset that Christ Jesus is in, how do we, how do we get to this level of I, this position? How do we get here? And I know without a doubt, and I'm pretty sure that it comes from spending time in the word, growing up, humbling ourselves, but more than anything, understanding that our identity is in Christ Jesus and that we've been reconciled at the cross. And that at the moment of conversion, we came up to be a brand new person, a person, brand new, fresh, 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 brand new person. And so now my identity of who I am has to be revealed to me in the word. So then I'm probably going to have to be deconstructed. 
so that I can be reconstructed, right? I'm going to have to be deconstructed so I can be reconstructed so that I can be built up in the things of God so that I can see myself. And when I say deconstructed, I'm being broken down, right? I'm being dissected. I'm being dismantled, right? Because the image that I walked in before has not been in the image of Christ Jesus. I haven't seen myself as God says. And if I haven't seen myself as God says, then I'm not going to operate accordingly. So if we back the thing up back, back about our posture, right? <laughs> Come on, Holy Spirit. If we back this thing up about back up, back it back up about our posture. If I'm in this position and I'm talking about your heart's posture, if I'm inward, if I'm in this position, if I'm tuned out to all of these other things that have labeled me and that have designed me and that have constructed me, right? If I'm tuned out, then I'm in the position to be de deconstructed because my eyes are no longer open to anything external. My eyes are no longer open to anything external. Holy Spirit, teach this. That's not where I am. If I'm in a humble position, if I'm inward, if my mind is on Christ, if my, if I'm humbling myself, if I'm bowing down, if I'm laying myself down, if I'm laying my wants, my wills, my desires, if I'm praying the will of God, if I'm saying, daddy, God, I need you to give me your heart for your people. If I'm positioning myself like this, then the more that I position myself like this, the more that I'm going to become reconstructed in Christ Jesus, because I can't see anything that this world is saying about me. I, I'm, I can't see anything. I can't, I'm blocking out everything that this world has been saying about me. Every lie that I bought into, like everything that this world and every picture that's been painted. My God. So perhaps the position that I'm trying to get to is on my face. <laughs> perhaps the position that I I'm trying to get to is, is here. It's lower. It's, it's lower. It's lower. It's, it's lower, right? It's lower. It's lower. I'm being deconstructed to be reconstructed in Christ Jesus. So let me read something over you, right? I want to, I want to chew on this a little bit today. We're still in the process of renewing our mind. We're still in the process of renewing our mind. We're still in the process of, 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 of becoming saturated in our righteousness and understanding who we are in Christ Jesus. We're still eating a little different now, right? I feel like we're making a transition from milk where we were drinking milk and we eating, a, we, we starting to get solid food. We're walking into solid foods now. So I want to read this. I want to read this over you because Psalms one, one thirty nine talks to you about your origin and your destiny. I love how God is dealing with us. It talks to you about your origin and your destiny. Psalms 139 describes to you where you came from and where you going. That, that's, that, that, that's what it does. It's, it says to you, this is where you came from and here is where you're going, right? It's not just a regular, it's telling me, it's talking to me about how I designed. It says, oh Lord, you've examined my heart and know everything about me, my God. <laughs> 
So he's already examined our heart. He knows absolutely everything about us. He knows every decision we're going to make. He knows every time we're going to sin. That's why I love Romans 8 and 28. All things work together for the good of the Lord. God, this is the thing that you got to get in your heart. God knew I was going to be this jacked up and he still chose to use me. He still purposed me. He still called me into ministry. He still called me to be an educator. He still called me to be a teacher. He still called me to be a doctor. He says, oh Lord, you have examined my heart and know everything about me. You know, when I sit down or stand up, you know, my thoughts, even when I'm far away, you see that he knows my thoughts. Even when I'm far away, he knows my thoughts. And I don't think David was just talking about distance. I think he was talking about spiritual. He knows my thoughts. Even when I'm far away, you see me when I travel and when I rest at home, you know, everything I do, you know what I'm going to say. Even before I say it, Lord, you go before me and you follow me. You place your hand of blessing on my head. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too great for me to understand. I can never escape your spirit. I can never get away from your presence. If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I go to the grave, you are there. If I ride the wings of the morning, if I dwell in the farthest ocean, even there, your hand will guide me and your strength will support me. I could ask the darkness to hide me and the light around me to become night. But even in the darkness, I cannot hide from you. To you, the night shines as bright as day. Darkness and light are the same to you. You made all the delicate inner parts of my body. Can you say this? God made all of me. Will you say that out loud to yourself? God made all of me. If your teeth crooked, if you got to think you got too many freckles, you got a little hair, a lot of hair, it does none of that matters because at the end of the day, God made all of me, right? And for some of you, you might want to put a pen in your notes and say, Lord, if you made me, can you show me my identity in you? If you made me, if you made me Lord, so God made all of me, if you made me and I have found my identity in anything else, or if I've been letting other things that define me, right? If I've been in other positions, if I've been worried, if I've been anxious, I've been fearful. If I've been battling low self-esteem, if I've, I cannot find my self-worth, it's because I'm not finding myself in you. So Lord God, will you reveal my identity to me because I've been, I mean, I, th- I did a teaching on identity crisis, right? There's a teaching on YouTube, YouTube, it's called an identity crisis. And I talk about an identity crisis in our heart, our hand, our feet. And he says, so you made like, you made all of me. Right. And so if he made all of me, then I need to begin to see myself in a different position or place. It says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. Right. It got back it up. It says, and you knit me together in my mother's womb. Can I show you something like every that's so powerful for me. And when I think about that, I, if I had a pregnant woman, right. And as God is forming us and I'm thinking about this is her womb and this is God. Right. And he's blowing breath. He blew breath. When he blew breath into your mother's womb, he blew you into, he breathed his life. 
right? When he started forming and fitting me, he was like, okay, she's going to have this color hair and I'm going to give her this color eyes and I'm going to make her almost six feet and I'm going to, so can I show you something so powerful? So then when you're born and the enemy's assault and attack is on your mind very early. He knows what you're coming to be in this earth. He knows that God loves you, that God made you a little lower than the animal angels. The enemy despises you. <laughs> but when God was forming you, he was like, okay, this is, this is what she's going to look like. This is how she's going to look. This is what her shape is going to look like. This is what her size is going to look like. I'm, I'm going to make her. And so the enemy, the enemy attacks really early on to steal your identity so that you won't become comfortable with who you are, right? So so I'm, I'm almost, for those of you who have never met me in person, I am almost six feet tall. I'm like right there at 5'11". And when I have heels on, I'm like 6'1", right? So when I was young, I was taller than everyone in my school. My God, I was so tall. But because I was so tall and the enemy was trying to demoralize me and attack who I was as a person, the kids, that's why I don't like, I, I don't believe in te te uh, teasing people. I don't like teasing people. I don't like you to talk about people's toes and all that other stuff. I don't like that. So very, don't, I don't like attacking a person's physical character, saying they head big, saying they short, saying they tall and all that other stuff demeaning somebody the way they're shaped their eyes are made their teeth are made they head little they face big i don't like all that i don't i don't like the dozens i don't like games because that is attack attack on a person and so when the lord when i was dealing with my height very early on people used to tease me about my height people used to tease me about my height people used to tease me people used to come in and talk about my height right people used to crack jokes about my height and very very early on the enemy was trying to distort the image of how perfect i was made the the enemy was trying to distort the image of how perfect I was made. And so if he can bring me, I don't know why we needed this this morning, but we did. If he can bring me into a less than state to make me think that I is something wrong with my makeup. There's something wrong with my humor. There's something, if he can bring me in, come on now, if he can attack me early, then I begin to believe every lie of what he said. And even if I walk away and I say that I don't believe the lie, those words have somehow gotten in me if I didn't know how to replace them with the right words. So I won't carry myself in righteousness. I won't carry myself. And, and if I'm wounded and I'm hurt and my soul is hurt, I will always reduce my righteousness. I will never understand who I am in Christ Jesus. And if I don't walk into the freedom of who I am in Christ Jesus, then I will not walk into the fullness of who I am. And I will always minimize what God is trying to do. Right. And so even if God is trying to push me at the forefront, right, push me at the forefront of something, I will shrink back because I don't have the confidence in the Christ in me.
right? There's in, in the Christ in me. I won't have confidence in the Christ in me. So he says, you made all me. Thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. So when people say to you, I'm too, you too complex for me, you need to come back and say to them, well, I'm not too complex for God. I'm not too complex for God. When people try to say, are you too much? Well, I'm not too much for God. And even if I've got some things that God is working out in me, I'm not too, I'm not, God is good with me. God is good. He knit me. He formed me. He put me together. This is what God, and then it says, you watched me as I was being formed in utter seclusion. As I was woven together in the dark of the womb, you saw me before I was born. Here's the part that you need to understand. This is your, this is your, this is your origin. This is, I originated. You might have to say that to yourself 99 times. I originated in God. I originated. I originated in God. Come on, Steve-O. I originated like I originated in God, period. I originated in God. I don't care who you were born of. I was born of Janie and Derek. I love Janie and Derek, but I or my origin is in God. God is the person. That's why I tell you, it's no mistakes. You were born for such a time as this. You were born for such a season, but what you have to begin to figure out, what is my identity in Christ? What has my identity been in myself? And what is my identity? So I originate, my God, this is so big. I originated in God. And I think, I, I, I not think, I know that God gives us this when he's trying to solidify our self-esteem, when he's trying to make sure we're built up in his word so we don't receive anything else. And he said, so every moment was laid out before a single day had passed away. How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. Did you hear that? How precious are your thoughts about me, oh God. They cannot be numbered. I can't even count them. They outnumber the grains of sand. My God, how precious are God's thoughts towards us. His thoughts for us cannot be numbered. So when I'm bombarded with never, not negative thinking, right? Romans reminds us there's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. When I am bombarded with negative thinking, then that is not from God. When I am bombarded with negative thinking about other people, that is not from God because God is already said to me, I formed you, I knitted you, I purposed you, right? And then it says, how precious are your thoughts? They outnumber the grains of sands. God's thoughts towards you outnumber the names of sand. So every time God looks at you, he says, oh, she is so good. She is so beautiful. She is so smart. She is so wonderful. Oh, I love her so much. Oh, I got such a plan for her. That's how God thinks about you. Oh my gosh. I love that freckle right there. I love that little patch of gray hair. I love it. She, she done picked up a little weight, but that don't mean nothing. We gonna, I'm going to speak to her. Holy Spirit, you speak to her and tell her to get on the right diet plan. Come on now. 
Like, that's how he thinks. He's not like, oh, she too fat. He's like, oh, no, we're going to work out a plan. We're going to get her right back in shape. We're going to love on her. We're going to build her up. Holy Spirit, I need you to put the right people in our path. Somebody that sees her future. Somebody that sees more to her than she thinks she is. I need you to put a game changer in her path. And you know what he'll do? He'll set a game changer in your path that'll come to you and say, you know what? God loves you, <laughs> right? He says, I can't even count him. And when I wake up, you are still with me. Oh God, if only you would destroy the wicked. Get out of my life, you murderers. They blaspheme you. Your enemies misuse your name. Oh Lord, should not hate those who hate you? Should not despise those who despise you, oppose you? Yet I hate them with total hatred. For your enemies are my enemies. Search me, oh God, and know my heart. Test me. And know my anxious thoughts. He's giving him permission. Search my heart. Find the things in me that do not line up with you. Find the things in me that do not line up with my identity. Find the things in me that do not look like Christ. Show me the things in me that are not a part of my story. I need you to rewrite, recode me, reconstruct me so that I can walk into the fullness. Point out anything in me. That's the next part of his scripture. Point out anything in me that offends you and leads me along the path of everlasting life, right? <laughs> that leads me on the path of everlasting life. Show me anything. Show me. Show me anything that in which I need to be reconstructed so that I can be built, so that I only see how you identify me, so that I can only see what you say about me right? You are fearfully and wonderfully made. My God, you are extremely valued. You are like God. My God, you got to accept yourself. You got to approve yourself. Even if you're not all the way right, you're at work and the Holy Spirit is working in you. And he's going to be the more time you spend bow down. Come on, Lord. The more time you spend on your face, the more time you spend inward, the more time you humble yourself. He's going to begin to deconstruct and reconstruct anything in you that is not like God. That responsibility is not on you. You don't do that in your own strength. You at the point of conversion, the Holy Spirit said, er, get out the way. I'm the surgeon. That's what the Holy Spirit, he said, get out my way and let me become the surgeon because I am skilled at this and I will operate in precision and I'm not going to nick or cut anything. I ain't got no business cutting. I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to operate in a precision where I am skillful and where the word of God will begin to peel off all the layers in you. But I need you to get out my way and stop trying to do this in your own strength. And so when I open my heart up, up. Come on, Holy Spirit. And I say, search me, oh God, show me anything in me that's not like you. Then I don't get back up and become my whole surgeon. I'm not my own surgeon. The Holy Spirit needs to come and be able to become comforter and be able to come advocator and be able to come teacher. That's where the Holy Spirit has to come in. The Holy Spirit has to be able to come in and do those things. Well, it's not me doing them. It's him doing them. It's, it's not me doing them. It's him doing it. It's him. It's him coming in. John 14, 16 says, this is the role of the Holy Spirit. And I will ask the father and he will give you another, a helper, a comforter, an advocate, an intercessor, a counselor, a strengthener, a standby to be with you forever. 
That, and so that means I don't have to do any of those things on my own. I don't have to figure out. I just got to position myself in humility. I got to position myself. So let me give you something. We've been working on strategies to renew your mind. I'm going to give you something to pray for yourself and pray for everybody else. I gave you yesterday um, asking God to pour out a com deep conviction of sin spiritual brokenness, holy fear, and general repentance. I had given that to you yesterday. And then I gave you two scriptures to go with that. Second Corinthians seven and 10, and then Ephesians six, 14 and 20. I'm going to give you something else to pray over yourself because we're still talking about renewing our mind. We're still talking about finding out who we are in Christ Jesus, solidifying our identity of Christ. We're not in the milk. We're past, we're past the place, we're saved, we receive Jesus Christ, we're saved, period. We're past the place of our salvation. Now we are being reconstructed in our identity so that we can walk into the fullness of who we are, so that we can begin to disciple others, so that we can be in position as intercessors so that we can be reconstructed in the things of Christ and finding our identity in Christ Jesus and nothing else like nothing else. So two, we're going to learn to, we're going to pray for God to pour out spiritual hunger and a genuine spirit of prayer. And we're not praying this just for ourselves. We praying this for our nation as well, right? We're going to pray for God to pour out spiritual hunger and a genuine spirit of prayer. Philippians 2 13 for it is not your strength I love you God for it is not your strength but it is God who effectively this is the amplified of the version at work in you both to will and to work that is strengthening energizing and creating you in you the longing and ability to fulfill your purpose for his good pleasure for his good pleasure. So Lord, I need you to pour out your spiritual hunger and a genuine spirit of prayer, a genuine spirit of prayer so that I can begin to be transformed in your image because in that you're going to strengthen me. You're going to energize me and you're going to be able to create an longing and a ability in me to fulfill my purpose so that I won't give out, right? Or I won't be given in over to perverse thinkings and all of these other things, right? And then what we feed our mind becomes the mindset. And it is impossible to change without changing what our mind is filled with. So from this point on, can we make a commitment to yourself? Can we make a commitment to ourselves? And then we're going to pray and get out of here. Will you make a commitment to myself from this point on? What I feed my mind is going to determine my mindset. So if I need to break strongholds, remember what was our scripture yesterday? Can we go back to that yesterday? I don't have my amplified in here. Remember when we went over to first Peter and he says, strengthen your mind. Remember that strengthen your mind, sober your mind up. We got to make a decision to sober our mind. So what happens from this day forward? as a collective, as a community, as a body of believers, as us, what I'm deciding to do from this day forward is getting ready to change my mindset. And if I'm going to change my mindset, then I've got to determine this day from every point on what my mind is filled with. And my mind has to be filled with truth. If I'm going to break strongholds, if I'm going to break strongholds, 
My mindset has got to be built with truth. And this is not me trying to busy myself. Well, I'm not trying to build my busy myself. This is me positioning myself, lowering myself, changing myself because I have a default thinking that does not line up with the word of God. And so my conscious mind has got to be filled with new information of God's truth. And once my conscious mind gets filled with new information of God's truth, then what's going to happen is it's going to overflow into my subconscious mind. It's going to make me start thinking and acting differently because I often act and think in things that are not of God. Pride, haughtiness, hate, anger, fear, all, God did not give me a spirit of fear, poverty, all of those things that I act in, all of those things that I have been, received to be truth came from external factors and the enemy that lies to us. And so now I've got to be, so then I've got to be mindful of what I'm watching and listening to daily. So can we end here? And so I've got to ask myself, is this, <laughs> is this good for my mindset? Is this conversation good for my mindset? Is this music good for my mindset? Is the media I'm tapping into good for my mindset? Is this conversation, is, is this relationship good for my mindset? Because right now I need to fulfill, I need to fill my mind to the overflow, to the subconscious mind. Well, Akisha, are you saying we got to listen to word all day? Here's what I'm saying. If I am operating in things in my lower version of myself, and I need to build myself up. I might need to be listening to word all day, <laughs> all day. I might need to have something with the word playing in my life all day. So that my, I might need to stop. I remember one time my friend, he told me, he's like, I, for two weeks, he said, I stopped listening to secular music. And he said, can I be honest with you? He said, I started feeling better. I start feeling better. He said, my, it didn't mean my mad mind battles went away. He said, but for two weeks, I didn't put secular music in my spirit. And he said, can I tell you, I start feeling better. Like my spirit started feeling better. He said, because I just said, I'm gonna see what happens for the next two weeks. I'm not listening to any of this. I'm not focusing on any of this. And so he began to pull, put something else in his conscious mind. And he began to flow, flow over into his subconscious mind and begin. So what am I putting in my mind? That's your conversation. That's your music. That's your TV. That's what you are watching. And if you didn't know your eyes and ears pick up things that you're not even in your subconscious that you're not even paying attention to. And we won't even really, why that sound like that just sound like too much. Well, I want to walk I, you, my commitment to myself, mine is that I'm going to fill my mind with things that are pure, things that are good, things that are lovely, things that are noble, things that are noteworthy and things that honor God. And if what I'm doing or saying or eating or speaking is not good for my mindset, then I'm going to make a conscious decision that I need to, I want to walk in. Anybody else want to walk in their purpose in the fullness of it? Like in the fullness of it, I need to walk into the fullness. I need the word in me and, e and even watching 
what songs you listen to spiritually, do your research, do your homework, right? Do your homework, do, do stuff that might pull you into a certain place, right? Your mindset is what controls you. The mind is what you control. That, that, that was a quote by somebody. A mindset is what controls you, but the mind is what you control. And the only way you're going to change your default thinking is by filling your, conf, your, your stuff, your mind with the word of God. So you make that commitment to yourself. Can we pray and get out of here? I'm, I'm making a fresh commitment. <laughs> Lord, I'm making a fresh commitment to, to fill my mind with things that are good and godly. <laughs> Father, I don't want to operate in a stolen identity any longer. Show me my identity in Christ Jesus. Father, I thought I knew. <laughs> I'm not going to assume I know everything you think and feel about me, Lord God. I want you to teach me, Holy Spirit, who I am so that I could walk in my righteousness. My God, so that I could walk in my righteousness in Christ Jesus, right? And if you pray that prayer, you know what God is going to do. He's going to open your heart and mind. If you pray for God to pour out spiritual hunger on you and this nation, you know what God is going to do. He's going to pour out spiritual hunger on you and on this nation. That's the kind of God we serve. You can't pray these intimate kind of prayers and God not do this for you, but you got to slow down. You got to sit back. You got to change up your conversations. Some of us been having conversations that do not honor or glorify God. You got to ask yourself, is this conversation leading me close to Christ? I don't know why I keep hearing that in my spirit. Or is, is this conversation leading me close to Christ? Is this conversation leading them closer to Christ? And if it's not leading them closer to Christ and it's not leading me close to Christ, then we don't need to be talking about nothing. And we need to be having purposeful conversations. We need to be talking about how to make a change and how to bring change and how people can experience us through Christ, experience Christ through us. So let's solve, let's, let's, let's seal this in this. If you've never accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and we all have purpose in different areas. We're going to do more teaching on that. We all have purpose in different areas, but let's seal this in this today. If you've not accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, this is where we're going to be. Dear Jesus, I'm a sinner in need of a savior. I know I've sinned against you. I'm sorry for my sins. I'm asking you to come into my heart and take away my sins. I need you, Holy Spirit. Lord, I'm going to love you the best that I can. Thank you for saving my soul. And if you pray that prayer and you ask him to do that, God is not going to. It's foolish for you to ask God to love you, to tell God you need him and you think he's not. He's going to do it. 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 It says Romans 10 and 13 says for whoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I love you. I love you. But more than anything, God loves you and God desires to have a relationship with you and God desires for you to fulfill your purpose and God loves you and God is alive and is working in you and he thinks good thoughts of you and the devil has been lying to you too long and I'm declaring and decreeing today that your eyes are open to who God says 
You are in Jesus name. Amen. And you walk in the fullness of that and nothing less. Hey, log on to the website, LakeishaMJohnson.com. Consider becoming a monthly partner. I want you to come help us with Feed the Streets this weekend. Man, we we, we got some work to do this weekend. We're going to go feed our homeless brothers and sisters. Um, so come, our brothers and sisters that are need, come help us serve. Email Shonda at JustBeingLMJ.com to see how you can be a part. I'll see y'all back here. Get rooted in the word. Today is the day that you change your mind about who you are in Christ Jesus. I love you so much, but more than anything, God loves you. Love, peace. Thank you for tuning into our podcast. If you would like more information about LMJ Ministries, log on to LakeishaMJohnson.com today.